Hello everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Uh, today's Friday episode is going to be on the Netflix series Shadow and Bone, and also kind of the book, because I ran it up immediately after watching this, or listened to it anyway, because I was uh, kind of taken with the world. So, you know, now I'm going to kind of do the weird comparison thing, where I'm going to try and talk about the Netflix show for the most part, but occasionally I might go and be like, but the book does this. Uh, you know, like someone who's a bit pretentious. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, I'm actually recording this on uh, the 29th, like almost a full week before I actually need to uh, <laughs> uh, record it, because, you know, early episode, and uh, I'm also in Baton Rouge, which some of you might know is about to get hit by Hurricane Ida. So, you know, lots of fun there. Might lose power. Probably will lose power if the news is trustworthy, but, you know, they're not. So, hopefully they're wrong about this as well. You know, they're wrong about a lot of stuff, so hopefully they're wrong with this, too. Probably not, though. They're usually pretty accurate when it comes to massive destructive storms, unfortunately. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, get into this. So, for those of you who don't know, Shadow and Bone is a Netflix series based on a book series called... Well, the whole the whole universe called the Grishaverse, but the original series is Shadow and Bone... Uh, what was it? See... Oh, God... Siege and Storm, and Ruin and Rising. And they're basically just about this girl, Elena Starkov, who discovers she has the ability to manipulate light. Uh, she's a Grisha, which are basically mages. It's the kind of specialized mage where each mage can do a unique thing. So you have, you know, heart, you have the, what was it, the uh, heart renders or whatever their order is specifically called, who can like manipulate the flesh. So you have heart renders who like attack the organs. You have tailors who can change your appearance. You have healers who can repair the body. And then you have the Etherealka, who are the summoners. And they can summon, like, uh, one, some of them can control water or wind. And they do this by, like, manipulating specifically the states of matter to control the water or changing air pressure to control the wind. And then you have the Infernity, which is actually most, the most interesting for me because it's not just the usual, oh, they can summon fire. It's like, no, 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 they can summon flammable gases, and then they had to use a flint hidden up their sleeve to actually make it ignite. So it's like, like it's kind of a world's like a mix of real-world magic, science, and like, illusionary magic, like what our world's, like sleight of hand and stuff like that, to make it look like they're really powerful. Um, and then you have unique, sort of semi-unique, and then you have like the crafters who manipulate, you know, like they're like the enchanters and alchemists, they create stuff. Um, and then you have, like, the two unique ones we run into, which are the darks, they're the theory alki, sort of, but they're the dark and the light, because, you know, this, the, alright, let's, let me just like, wait, this series is huge on the yin-yang symbolism, especially in the book, um, just mild spoilers for the end of the book series, for, there's a point in the book series where her hair turns white, and the darkling, the evil dark summoner in the book series, sort of, He's complicated, but, you know, he's supposed to be complicated anyway. Um, it has, like, dark hair, and he gains a small portion of her light powers, and she gains a small portion of his dark powers. And the entire thing is just, like, this whole, oh, so it's this light summoner with white hair who has a small piece of darkness embedded in her, and the dark summoner with dark hair who has this small bit of light inside him. It's like, oh my gosh, they're living in gang symbols. It's, <laughs> it's not subtle at all. Uh, then again, whoever, whoever accused YA fiction of being subtle. Uh, so yeah, 
you know, she's just a map maker, a cartographer, and uh, she discovers light during a mission into the fold. And this is where background information needs to be told. So this is basically information they're giving you before the book starts, okay? Um, the fold is the result of a darkling, long ago, a dark summer, attempted to grasp her power, and he created this massive area of darkness. Everyone inside the area that was, you know, living on that land, because it happened in the middle of a freaking country, um, mysteriously vanished, and it was full of monsters. And it doesn't take too much guessing to, I guess, what happened to those people. They, uh, sucks to be them. Uh, <laughs> so the fold is just this giant gash of darkness that tore a country in half. It's filled with monsters. You can't see anything. If you give any light off any light, you attract them. And the monsters rip you to pieces. Um, going across it is usually something that ends with a lot of casualties. Uh, and they've been hoping for a sun summoner, a, you know, a Grisha that can control light to finally get rid of the full ones for all. Uh, Alina Starkov and her best friend, and her childhood friend Mal are sent into, uh, sent along with the crew into the, um, the fold, and here's the first difference with the book. In the book, Mal and her were both sent into the fold, but in the, um, in the show, Mal, Mal was going to go into the fold, but she was going to stay behind, she's just a cartographer, but then she, like, destroyed the maps or something like that, and they need somebody to redraw some stuff for them, so she volunteers, um, which I think is a bit more interesting, it gives her more agency, you know, she chose to go into the fold, and so it makes it her mistake that she was discovered as a light sun summoner. So everything that happens afterwards, she can almost say, I did this, I chose to go into the fold. So, you know what? That actually, I kind of like that change. I do. Um, she chose to go in there because she wanted to help protect Mal, and I've never been a big fan of Mal, either in the books, and slightly less. I, I care about him slightly more in the movie. They give him a bit more characterization, but, like, he's just, he's the most bland, uninteresting love interest of all time. Like, even Peter from The Hunger Games is the better love interest. At least he knew how to work a crowd. Uh, but yeah. So, she goes in there, Mal's almost killed by one of the monsters, and she, you know, in the act of desperation, summons the light from within her, and destroys all the monsters that have been attacking their skiff, because they're beings of darkness, so they get destroyed by the light. This is not complicated. Bionicle already did this. Please talk about Bionicle time term review. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you want, if you want better explanations of dark, dark and light, uh, uh, anyway. So, yeah, so she ends up getting, you know, discovered, they find out she's a sun summoner, she gets tested, um, it's hinted in the books, I'm not sure if it's really hinted in the show, I couldn't tell that she's, like, the reason she's always so sickly and pale is that she's been suppressing her powers, and Grisha are not like normal humans, the more they use their powers, the, it's sort of fights off aging, so the more powerful Grisha, the longer they can live, because the more they can use their powers, the more powerful their powers are, and the more that rejuvenates them when they use it. Uh, and her suppressing her powers had, had naturally made her very sickly and pale and not uh, strong, she was literally dying, because she, in order to, you know, be at her full strength, she needed to use her powers to sustain herself, but she had kept them suppressed because she didn't want to be separated from her childhood friend. Because uh, Grisha are immediately taken away to the royal city and trained as, you know, master mages. I'm also getting major brood advice from this. <laughs> uh, but Naomi Novik's writing is way better. Sorry. I'm sorry, Fan of the Shadow of Bone. It's true. Naomi Novik is a really good writer. It's nothing to be ashamed of that your, that your uh, favorite series has worse writing than her. That's not saying much, okay? Uh, most series have worse writing than Naomi Novik. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the palace, she makes some friends, meets a tailor named Jenya. 
um, you know, the Darkling, or as they call him in the show, uh, General Kirigan, starts taking a really good interest in her. He sends her off to work with like this old trainer who trains all the Grisha. Um, what was her name? Hmm. know her name. Bagra. Bagra. That was her name. Bagra. <clears throat> um, and, you know, they start toying with, like, a romance between her and Kirigan, which, like, it's a creepy romance, but, like, they still have better chemistry as, like, a antagonist and a hero than she does with uh, Mal. Not to say it's good chemistry. It's, like, you know, this really abusive, you can only be mine because we are so unique, you will have no choice but to come to me kind of thing. Um, and, you know, Story goes on, they're after this amplifier that were, like, so there are these animals in the world that if you kill them and take their bones, whoever kills them can take their bone and, uh, their Grecian powers will be amplified, so they want to find this legendary stag, which will be the most powerful empire, make her one of the most powerful Grecian who ever lived, uh, which supposedly will make her powerful enough to destroy the fold. So, yeah, that's the story. Meanwhile, you're also dealing with, uh, apparently the series, I haven't read the series yet, but apparently there's, uh, the Crow- Six of Crows duology, which is a set- two set of books that are, like, a side story to the Grishaverse, and it's about these, like, group of six thieves who go on this heist mission, and apparently the characters in the second, second B-plot are them, and they show up, and, um, They show up and do, like, a heist mission. They're trying to kidnap Alina to bring her back to this crime boss or this general in the Western lands. I couldn't exactly remember his name. Um, and that's basically the plot. So you have, you know, Alina and Mal. You have the Grisha. You have the Fold. West Ravka is trying to rebel. And these uh, six guys trying to go... These six people trying to go on a, you know, magic heist mission to go steal Alina from the palace. And, you know, they have to steal the plans and do that. Their stuff is a lot of fun, actually. I kind of like the Six of Crows stuff way more, and I'm really excited to read those books. I finally finished uh, Ruin and Rise, like, Rising, just, like, last night. So I'm like, oh, I'm on board to, you know, listen to all of this. So, yeah, that's about it. Um, just fun stuff. Fun stuff. Really fun stuff. I really liked it. No, seriously, I, I love this stuff. It's amazing. Wonderful. Fantastic. So, yeah, um, I, I just think it's just, you know, gen- generally a fun sto- set of stories. Not much more to say, to be honest. Um, I like Alina. She's, like, I like her more than I did in the book series. She's a little whiny in the book series, especially at first, but she seems to have a bit more agency. Like, she acts a bit cooler, too. And I feel like the few changes they made to the book, they made with the intent of actually making it better, not just changing it for the sake of changing it. Um, for example, when they have the collar... Okay, so originally... and Okay, we're going to full spoiler territory now first. Okay, everybody, full spoilers from here on out. You don't want to hear spoilers, get the heck out. All right, so uh, when they find the stag, apparently, uh, before they find the stag, Alina is told by uh, Bagra... That she's actually the Darkling's mother, General Kirigan. I can't call him General Kirigan. I, I, for some reason, he's just the Darkling now to me. Um, anyway, he's the she's the Darkling's mother, and she can also manipulate shadows. Uh, there's a lot more about that that you get in Ru- Ruin and Rising, if we ever get to that part, but that's not here or now for the most part. I'm not even sure if they're going to do that in this show. In that he's going to plan on killing the stag, but giving it to her, which, through some unique quirk of the stag's magic, will allow him to control her power. She'll basically be a slave. He'll use her as a tool, not to destroy the fold, but to enter it and manipulate it. Because, plot twist, he's actually the dark heretic that created it all. 
See, apparently really powerful Darklings like Bagra or the Dark, or, um, really powerful Grisha like the Darkling or Bagra or even Alina have such immense power that if they keep using it, they can potentially live forever. Like, or at the very least, so long that it doesn't matter. He's been alive for centuries, plotting to get revenge on those who would betray him, to use the fold as it was always created, not as an escape, but as a weapon. Basically, his idea is to expand into any nation which dares threaten them, um, and envelop them in darkness and monsters. Which, I mean, that's terrifying. And the collar is actually way creepier in the, in the series, because when, again, this is full spoilers now, it does get put on Alina. Uh, in the, in the story, it's just like a, it's just like a necklace that she can never take off. But in this story, they actually fuse the um, antlers to her collarbone. And it's like this really creepy, like, antler sticking out of her shoulders thing uh, that I actually found a lot more effective at getting across the message of she is now mine, you are now mine uh, message, you know? Now, since this is a book seri- uh, TV series with only, like, six episodes, no, I'm sorry, eight episodes, um, it moves a lot quicker than the book. And I think that's for the best. They still balance it fairly well. They might have killed a bit of the pacing by adding the Six of Crows stuff, but I'm not going to get upset about that because Taz and the rest are just a joy to have. Uh, you have a gunslinger called uh, Jesper who's, like, always carrying around a goat with him and is kind of like this relaxed, you know, I'm the cool, relaxed guy who's always got this handled dude. And he is really good. Like, like it's like... It's like I feel like his personality would have gotten Kaz to fire him a long time ago. It's like, oh, wait, now I see why Kaz keeps him around, because he's, like, one of the best gunslingers I've ever seen in all of fiction that didn't have magic powers. Like, apparently he's supposed to be purely human, and he's just, like, a freaking gun god. It's amazing. Uh, and then you have Injin, who's, like, this, you know, warrior assassin who had been tra- kidnapped at birth and trained, and now she wants freedom, and Kaz offering freedom, you know, by her, uh, freedom for her. And she'll do this job for him and join his crew. Um, and they're all fun. Kaz is very serious. Injin is, like, super reverent towards the Sun Summer, because she's kind of our religious order that sees her as, like, you know, a saint. And then you have Jesper, who's just kind of this irreverent guy, who's just like, oh, come on, guys, let's just relax a bit. Uh... Their dynamic works really well. I, I like it. So, you know, everything goes wrong. Um, Kirigan kills the stag and manages to get Alina under his control. Uh, Mal manages to get kidnapped and eventually stows away on the on the skiff they go as they sail into the unseen, which is what they also call the fold or the dark abyss, you know, all that stuff. And um, they have the final battle on the ship. You know, Mal manages to sneak aboard. They meet, he meets the uh, Six of Crows team, who are the heist group, and they all have a big final battle between Kirigan's Grisha. Uh, one of the Grisha, Zoya, who is actually a big character in the books, actually manages to decide to, like, after Kirigan destroys the whole port city of West Ravka, and she's like, I had cousins there. You could have told me what you planned to do. I would have followed you, but you could You killed my family. And it's like, oh, wow. So he's just an a-hole. Uh, yeah, he, he is. Uh, the Darkling is, like, you feel for him at times, but then you remember when he's done. He's meant to be a, he's meant to be a villain that you sort of sympathize with, but you realize he's fallen way too far to ever be redeemed. Like, they make that big point that he is way past redemption, no matter what you want to do. Um, so Zoya turns on them. She's one of the only Grisha that helps out. A few others do. Um, they all have this big battle with Kirigan, and they manage to escape. 
and Kira and a few of his followers are left in the fold without Alina's lightest protection. Uh, she realizes that because she spared the stag before Kira killed it, that it gave part of its power to her, and so he doesn't have sole control over the amplifier. Uh, that means that she can resist his control, but it has permanently linked them together so they can feel each other, and later on I'm guessing they're going to do that whole projecting ghosts to each other thing that happened in the book. Uh, and Alina uses this power to defeat Kerrigan, and then she creates a small shield of light to escort their small party out of the boat and into the, um, you know, into West Ravka. Uh, which means that they are now safe from Kerrigan, everybody assumes Kerrigan's dead. But, plot twist. Uh, like in the books, Kirigan actually survives. We see him emerging from the, the fold, and this time, he has a new power. Merzost. The ability to summon these monstrous creatures. Oh, no. Like, creatures like made of shadow that can exist in the daylight. Um, they're really creepy. I think they did a great job of getting them across. The creatures in the books are always, like, the most terrifying things ever, because they can only be hurt by Alina's most powerful attack. And uh, everyone else is just only able to stall them because they briefly pause when bullets go through them. Yeah, that's what shooting them does. It causes them to pause for a second. Oh, it's uh, they're terrifying. Like every time they show up in the books, uh, I'm really looking forward to season two because I really hope they get across the sheer terror these things have. Because ooh, they they do, they kill a lot of people. Like a lot of people. Like every time the good guys think they have an edge, he just walks up with his shadow army. He's like, yeah, nah. Yeah, no, sorry, no, no, no plans for you. I have a shadow army that's basically invincible. Screw you guys. Uh, but Kerrigan's also smart about this. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to play idiots. <clears throat> the the royal heir. Oh, sorry, I had something stupid caught in my throat. Uh, that you're gonna see what happens if it's season two. You will see what happens if it's season two. If we get season two. Um, but yeah, I really like this. Uh, I think it's a general improvement over the books. Getting to see the Six of Crows people early definitely helped keep my attention to some of the boring parts. But yeah, so, um, I think that's about it. Uh, don't really have much more to say on this. I really like the book series, really like this. You guys should definitely read it. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have a new Facebook page up. So if you want to go follow us over there, you'll be able to see a calendar so you can see when our release schedule is. Um, I might be posting some other stuff in the future. Who knows? I'm working on a few different things for the podcast, but I'm also working on a game and, you know, work in general and a few drawing things. So we'll see where all that goes. Um, I think next week, let me check my calendar real quick. Uh, the next episode is going to be... Shang-Chi and the Master of Kung Fu. Oh, right, that's this Friday. I get to go see that this Friday, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, actually, I should be seeing that movie the day this goes up. So, you know, cool beans. All right, guys, can't wait to see another Marvel movie. Hope it's, you know, above average. <laughs> oh, what am I saying? Of course it's going to be above average. Yeah. Anyway, see you guys next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week. And you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.